Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Cohen. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing spreadsheet math versus real life math. This is going to be an interesting topic for us. Uh, we, we, we both firmly ag- agree on the same principles. We also take uh, slightly different tacks towards it. Yeah, it's, you know, this stems from, uh, it stems from when people are doing any kind of like financial plan for themselves, they're looking at it from the standpoint of, well, if I get X percent of rate of return on my money, and I'm saving this amount of money, look at how much money I'm going to have, right? And they're using it, static rates of return. They're using assumptions that we know are going to change or not be accurate. Like there's so many different things inside of these things that like, like one of the things that we talk about uh, when we go through like spreadsheet type stuff is like, hey, the only thing we truly know is that these numbers are going to be wrong. Exactly. And so like spreadsheet math versus what you really do in real life is vastly different. And this is why I think Americans struggle with any kind of financial plan because they might sit down quickly and do this kind of spreadsheet math and think, oh, I'm on pace. And then they don't look at it for a decade. Right. Or two. (laughs) Right. So, or they make false assumptions and like are setting themselves up for failure because they're looking at it from a spreadsheet standpoint. So before we got dive deeper into this, Alex, what are we drinking today? Uh, so today we are taking a deviation from our normal uh, hazy IPA, and we are drinking a pecan pie porter. Uh, this is from Backwoods Brewing up in Stevenson, Washington. Um, so you've got an interesting look on your face, Ryan. What? Uh, tell me. Tell me about it. What do you think? It is way too sweet. Right, like. I actually enjoy porters, especially during this time of year. I guess maybe you can drink this after like a, a hefty meal and maybe it's like kind of like your dessert beer possibly, but it, it's way too sweet for my taste. I like this. This is shocker. This, this is nice. It's delicious. <laughs> it's like, I'm thinking like when I think of porters, I think of like a meal in a can and this, this feels lighter to me. Um, like I'm not actually getting as much sweet as you are. Uh, um, like this doesn't have a ton of IBUs in it. Um, but it, like it actually finishes a little bit bitter to me. It's not overly sweet to me. It's not heavy. You're right about that, but I'm for whatever reason, getting a big sweet kick. And I just, I've taken, I don't know that I can drink much more of this is what I'm getting at. So I, I get the sweet kick kind of right in the middle. It like it's like it starts off kind of real light and then gets real sweet and then finishes kind of a, a, almost a little hoppy to me, um, even though it just has 20 IBUs. Um, I, I I like this a decent amount. What's your what's your bottle cap rating? Uh, well, for a porter, I'm going to give this a nine overall. I'd give it a, a seven and a half, eight. Like this is a this is a very solid beer. I'm excited. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a one across the board. This this is not <laughs> something that that I enjoy. Um, so uh, check them out, right? Like, but it, Alex and I have very different tastes in beers, right? So Alex likes sours. So if you like sours, maybe this is up your alley. So uh, Backwoods Brewery, and they're based out of uh, Stevens, Washington. Is that what you said? Stevenson. 
Stevenson, Washington. I don't even know where that's at. So uh, check them out. This is why I think we both love Washington. There's so many different breweries. It's so much fun testing this stuff out. So let's let's get into the topic here, Alex. Um, so we already kind of dove deep into really de- explaining like the big difference between spreadsheet math and, and real life math. And I think let, let's go through an example to kind of give the numbers behind reality here. Yeah. So uh, Stevenson, before I forget, is uh, it's right down on the Oregon-Washington border on the Columbia River, um, a, a little bit east of of uh, Portland, Vancouver. Gotcha. Um, all right. So what we're what we're giving the example here is somebody who saves a thousand dollars a month, twelve thousand dollars for the year. Uh, they do this for thirty years. We're giving them an assumed rate of return. Uh, truly hypothetical. There's there's nothing magical about this. Uh, but a 7% hypothetical rate of return. Uh, And at the end of that 30 years, they'll have just a little bit over $1.2 million, which sounds awesome. $1,000 a month turns into 1.2. Sign me up, right? However, that's not real life. So walk us through like kind of what you're thinking of, Ryan, when you you think of like real life. Yeah, so... And we're doing overly simplistic for those of analytics out there. You're probably going to hear some like issues with the numbers we're going to bring up. And yes, we are, we are aware of it. We're just giving an overly simplistic example here. Alex is laughing at me because when we were discussing this example, Alex went off like over analytic mode and I had to call him out on it. I just threw a couple of different what ifs at Ryan and he goes, God damn it, Alex, I'm not looking at the specifics here. I'm trying to give an example. <laughs> So you know, to the point, right? Like on that spreadsheet, if you're saving 12 grand a year and you get in 7% like static rate of return, you're going to end up with somewhere over $1.2 million. But in real life, like imagine you own a home. So you're, these 30-year time horizons, well, what could happen in a 30-year time horizon where you may not be able to save or you might need to take money from your accounts to fund some issue. And I thought of three issues that always come up in most people's lives, unless you're a nomad, is (laughs) three years from now, for instance, maybe you need to buy a car. And we get the question all the time of, well, should I just pay in cash, Ryan, or should I take out the loan? So I went with the stereotype that often people think they should do and whether or not they should or shouldn't. That's not the point of this conversation. This person took out $30,000 and bought a car in year three. And you know my answer to that question, right? Uh, overly it, analytical, and we'll spend the next 20 minutes on it, or? Well, it, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> then in year 10, right, we're still looking at this 30-year time horizon. In year 10, remember there were home homeowner. I know when I had my, my house, and I still have my house, but in year 10, <laughs> I had to purchase a new water heater. The water heater blew. Dude, that happened to me three months into owning the house. Right. So I did $5,000 for a water heater. Could it be more or less for you analytics? Absolutely. Right. I just imagine someone listening to this. I can't believe you spent $5,000 or someone else is like, I spent seven. Like, look, it, it's an example. $5,000 in a water heater. And then 15 years into this, you had to put a new roof on the house and I put $30,000 for that. Now, many of you are going to say, well, I just spent 40 or $50,000 on my roof. Look, this is just an example. This is $65,000 
over a 30 year period of time that you spent in different increments. And if you did that, you would have just under nine, actually just over $900,000. To be specific for your analytics, $904,144. We're never going to get specific on that, Ryan, for a host of reasons. One, the only thing we truly know is none of those numbers are accurate. In exactly. 30 years, it's probably going to cost a lot more, or in 15 years, it's probably going to cost a lot more for a roof. We don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know, like there are so many different factors. Like we haven't built in inflation. We haven't built in a variable rate of return. We haven't built in taxes. We're assuming that somebody buys one car in a 30-year time period. Like how long have you had your car? Just so you're aware, the reason I said this is, and hopefully my father-in-law doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> when <clears throat> my father-in-law bought a car, uh, it must be three years ago now. And at the time, and maybe it was four years ago now, but at the time he was, he would have been probably 65 or 66. And his comment to me was, this is the last car I'll ever own. And in reality, maybe that's the case, but I, I kind of threw it back at him and say, okay, so you're like, because he normally, he holds onto his cars to be fair, but he holds yeah, onto he his cars for maybe 10. And I think the longest he held onto one was maybe 12 or 13 years. I, this so I threw it back like, at him. I go, these... are you predicting your, your death? Like, what do you mean? Like the chances are you're buying another car. I. And this is someone, right, right, and and retirees say this all the time. Oh, my dad said this when he bought his last car of like, oh, I'm not never going to buy another car again. Like, I really hope you're wrong because you're, you buy a car about once every five to 10 years. And well, that's not going to be fun if you're not here in five to 10 years. (laughs) So look, the the whole purpose of us bringing up spreadsheet math versus real math. Like, I think many of you listen to this, like, okay, Ryan, Alex, I get it. The question that we want you to ask yourself is this. How often are you, are you looking at these numbers? Like how often are you really looking at where your money is going? Specifically, your financial plan is not a set it and forget it plan. And I think too many people, they set up a plan and they don't look at it for a decade or two decades or maybe never again. And like, It'd be like getting on a plane and the pilot setting a course and never correcting for weather. Like if you're going from New York to LA, it is entirely possible that you're going to end up in San Francisco if you don't course correct. Yep. And that's the whole point of this is even the Uber analytics, you are never going to predict life. It is literally unpredictable. There are way too many variables. And even the variables that we kind of sort of know, there's so much fluctuation and hundred percent, we are going to get it wrong. And if we don't like, okay, tell me what numbers and when to go buy the lotto ticket or which stocks to purchase that are going to crush it next year. All of this information is just unknowable. And as a result, like we have to be able to, to plan appropriately be able to modify it on the fly and have our plan set up in a way 
to be flexible and adjustable and create balance. And I'd add one more thing. This is a key a key example as to why working with someone that is a professional in the financial arena that understands how to look at everything from a holistic viewpoint will be able to save, like even in this example I just threw down, right? That This same client, Alex, who's working with us, right? In this example, there are so many different avenues that we could take this person down to save them or be more efficient with their money and ideally have more net worth because of those types of conversations. This is where the financial professionals give their best value. It's not really the rate of return. This beer is delicious. Just stop. So at a bare minimum, you should be reviewing your plan annually and ideally talking with someone that is an, is an expert in finances and not specifically in investments, but I'm talking about financial planning. Right. The, the ability to go ahead and see the big picture, understand how things fit together. And like one of the other things that needs to be brought up and discussed is the vast majority of the time, what we come across is either one of the couple are at the financial home or none of the couple are at the financial home. And so if you have one person at the home, how often are you sharing where you're at? One of the things we've talked about is it's incredibly critically important to talk with your spouse periodically about money so that you don't wind up in the situation where if you're the spouse that's at the helm, you either succeeded and you get a pat on the back and like, hey, good job. You did I what you're supposed to do. Very no, very little to no credit, or you get blown up and chastised, and like, how could you let this happen? As a result, and the antidote, the antidote to that is to make sure that you're reviewing the plan on a regular basis and sharing that with your spouse and bringing them into the conversation of like, hey, here's where we're at. We need to do better at savings, or we need to you know, maybe take a little bit of risk here or back off on our risk. Like I want you involved in some of these decisions so that it's not just one person shouldering the weight of the financial world. 100%, which I think takes us, Mr. Collins, to the question of the day. Our question today is how often are you reviewing and revising your plan? So head over to beerandmoney.net and at the top of the page, there's a spot that says contact us. Click on that and there's a spot for you to answer that question or there's a spot for you to reach out to us. If any of this brought up like, hey, you know what? I probably should talk to someone about my overall plan and what it is and to be more efficient with my money. There's a spot for you to reach out to us there as well. Um, should it make sense to? Or if you're the analytic that wants more questions answered, <laughs> plug reach it out to there. Alex. And I'll get it and respond <laughs> back to you. But we, it might also be something that we touch on in a future podcast. So that, like, those are some of our favorite podcasts that we wind up having done is when folks reach out to us and say, hey, Ryan, what about this? Or, hey, Alex, what about this? We, we love it when you guys give us questions. Um, and it's shocking how many times we have had clients like call us or email us after a podcast comes out and their question is, hey, were you talking to me about this topic? It, the answer is like 99% of the time, no. But it's really cool that a lot of our clients actually feel like we're talking specifically to them. Um, and so if there is something that you have a topic on or a question about, 
ping us and then we actually will be talking specifically to you. Yeah. If, if you got any value out of this episode, pay it forward, share it with your friends, share, share it with your family, share it with your, your coworkers. Um, if you don't like someone, then maybe don't share it with them. Um, <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. So look, we hope this episode is valuable. The whole purpose of this podcast is to make sure that you're being as efficient as you can with your money for the purpose of living the life that you want to live. As always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201 phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License number 1531942. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924 Alexander Collins AR Insurance License Number 7264699 CA Insurance License Number 0H24806 Pinpoint Number 2023-149877 Expiration January 2025